What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out on social platforms at Zan Warning. Today's another one of those catch-all episodes. A bunch of different topics rolled into the Royal Rumble style of wrestling card content. So let's go. First item to address is a few comments I saw on my YouTube videos. If you haven't already, make sure to check out my YouTube channel, Wrestling with Cards. It is the main hub of my hobby content, and it has hundreds of hours of video and audio content that you can't find on this podcast. Also, yes, I am one of those people who just loves the pain. The pain of subjecting myself to reading the comments on my videos. Doesn't everybody know you're not supposed to go into the comments? That being said, most of the time they are pretty positive from the wrestling card community, but sometimes there are questions or comments that I think could maybe help other collectors that I need to kind of elaborate on. So our first comment comes from jlane54, and I'm just going to read this verbatim. I've screenshotted the comment. Since Jade Cardgill signed with WWE, I've been collecting her AEW cards. Do you see the value climbing after she pops with bigger mainstream, or will her WWE cards see the boost? Thanks. Common sense and my initial response is that, yeah, her AEW cards will, if not already, have probably gotten a boost with that WWE hype. Now that being said, the wrestling card community is a little bit different. Some will definitely go after the Jade AEW stuff because it's her first cards, even though they don't say rookie on them, and you consider those to be rookie cards. Others may hold out for the WWE cards because they might feature that rookie card logo, or the WWE branding in itself carries more weight in their eyes. And that leads into the tribalism debate. Wrestling, beyond really any other fandom of communities, in my opinion, has some of the most high levels of tribalism that I've ever seen. So that being said, there could be WWE fans that only want her WWE stuff, and they don't want anything to do with AEW from a brand perspective. Vice versa, there may be collectors that just want AEW stuff, that were collectors of her stuff from day one, yet they may hate WWE, want nothing to do with her stuff under that umbrella. But either way, I think her stuff is going to continue to be popular for collectors and investors for the foreseeable future. Our next comment comes from Tom Weeks, and he stated, I was wondering why you hate the 1991 Classic cards. Is it because they're made so cheaply? Great question. To be clear on this, it's the 1990 Classic that I'm not a big fan of. The 91 Classic set has those Undertaker rookies that everybody loves, some great images, and there's some other cool cards with some big names as well. Then you also have the UK versions of that card, which provides a little bit of a chase. And I think there are some, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I think there may be some printing plates floating around of this set out there. So it's just, you know, one additional thing to chase. But for the 1990 Classic, and this goes for Series 1 and Series 2, it's just a little bland for me. I know there are people out there that will push the Rockers cards from the 1990 set as being the Shawn Michaels rookie card. Same thing with the Ultimate Warrior cards that are in that set. But for the most part, that is just not true, because if we're going to get technical on it there's 89 versions of both of those cards out there and there's also 88 versions i believe of different cards featuring those talents so if we're talking first cards and back then most of the time we didn't see wrestling cards with rookie card logos we got to go with the first appearance although there is the crew that will say oh it's got to be pack pulled so i don't know the debate never ends there i do remember people chasing the 1990 classic wrestlemania i believe that's series two and it does have the Donald Trump sitting ringside cards. If you look a lot of those cards, you can see them in the crowd. Many people were clamoring for those for a while. But for me, this set kind of hits like that WCW Impel set does for many others. Although at least the Impel has some crazy, memorable designs, including one of my favorite Ric Flair cards of all time, 
Not to mention that design has been also ripped off by other indie cards and other card manufacturers as well. But 1990 Classic, it's just bland. The only thing I did like that came out of that set, which I don't know if you want to technically count this as part of a set, but it's those purple border promo cards. I know sometimes, myself included, we call them parallels, but it's act they're actually promo cards. They were included in the limited edition collector set. But as always, just because something is overproduced or doesn't have a chase or, in my opinion, is bland, that doesn't mean it's not important to other collectors. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean you have to think like me or like what I like, or don't like what I like. I just like to tell people, hey, whatever it is you like collecting, and more importantly, whatever you're having fun doing within the hobby, just keep going for it. Collect however you want. So thanks again for those comments, and hey, you never know when your response to one of my videos or response to a social media post that I put out there, you never know when those are going to be used in a future video or a future podcast. Hey, and if you would like information on those platforms, check out the links in the show notes for all the other ways you can help show your support for my content. All of those social media links are in there. My YouTube link is in there, Patreon, eBay store, and much more. And if you like what you're hearing so far into this podcast, please subscribe, leave me a five-star review, and tell a friend. Spread the word about wrestling cards first and foremost, but then also this podcast. So I mentioned I ran an eBay store, and again, links in the show notes if you would like to see what I have for sale currently. But I do a lot of volume. And it's interesting to see people's tendencies of what they buy versus what they talk about and flash on social media. And I've talked about this before in previous videos, podcasts, or live streams, I'm sure. But I wanted to touch on it yet again, just to see what you, the listeners, think is going on with this. So again, I do a lot of volume, but most of the volume is in lower-end cards. So we're talking base cards, silvers, the high-numbered color stuff from Panini, or tops for that matter. And most of the stuff is considered, quote, junk or uninvestable by many people in the hobby. Yet, that's where the majority of my sales come from. Meanwhile, I have cards that many people would consider to be sought after, or, you know, maybe it's a certain parallels, or an autograph of some certain star, or high-graded copies. Maybe it's a low-grade vintage. There's all kinds of stuff out there that I see people saying, this is what you should buy, this is what you should collect, this is what you should invest in. Yet those things, in my store, don't seem to be getting much traction. I'm talking little to no watchers. Little to no offers. Some of them haven't even gotten those great lowball eBay offers that we've all come to love and enjoy. And you could say, well, Zane, you must have it overpriced then. And maybe I do. That's could be the case. But that's also why I have best offer available on all items. So if I'm overpriced on something that was put in the store six months ago, somebody offers me something. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have it way overpriced. Offer accepted. But it brings up questions. What exactly does the majority of the participants in the hobby collect? Are they more into base cards or low-end as a, and maybe quantity over quality and going that route as opposed to the high-end, quote, grail cards that many say that they're either chasing or they want or they need or the ones that we see flashed all over social media? It's honestly probably a mix of just kind of all kinds of different collectors and different price points. And then it makes me wonder, is this an economic thing? Are people spending more money on life expenses and not having as much discretionary income to spend on cards, collectibles, and other forms of entertainment? Or has the interest in trading cards in general just gone down? We saw the big pandemic boom. Life has somewhat returned to normal since then, and card value and it seems like card interest has gone down. Maybe people were trying to look for the quick money and trying to be the hip investors. They found out they lost money and they got out. I don't really think I have a good answer, but I would love to hear what you think. Again, you can reach out to me on social media. Speaking of people losing interest in the hobby, I've seen more and more people just getting out of the hobby. Now on the surface, that's no good. If we want the hobby to grow, products to continue to be produced and the demand and prices to continue to go up, 
or if not up, at least maintain what we're at now. We want as many people to collect and participate in different avenues of the hobby as possible. That's all aspects, even the ones that you probably hate. Maybe even the ones I hate. Buying, selling, trading, grading, local card shop business, online platforms, breaking, content producing, etc. And I've seen many people either state that they're just flat out done with the hobby, or some people have just disappeared. I remember accounts and podcasts and YouTube channels that I would follow, and then all of a sudden they just disappeared, and you can't find them, so they I don't know what happened. Now look, the hobby has been around for 100 plus years. It's not going anywhere, despite what some of those clickbait titles and headlines that you may see on social media or content. There are going to be ebbs and flows in any hobby, any business, any sector of entertainment. But if I really had to laser focus on people leaving, I really think it boils down to two things. First being the easy money. I kind of talked about this a minute ago. During the pandemic boom, everybody and their brother wanted to open a brick and mortar LCS. Everybody wanted to open an eBay store. Everybody wanted to be a breaker and sell on whatnot. Or my slabs, or Starstock, or well, who knows what other online platform that also doesn't even exist anymore. They were looking for the quick buck. And I don't think most of them actually cared about collecting anything or the hobby in general, which again, there is nothing inherently wrong with that. Business is business, and I totally get that. But as the markets have changed, so has the demand. So have pricing, meaning that easy money is gone. Maybe the demand is gone because a lot of collectors are not there anymore or switched avenues of the way they're collecting. For the most part, you can no longer just go buy something, be it a single or a box of wax off the shelf at Walmart or Target, flip it for 3x the value in a matter of hours. Therefore, since you can't do that anymore, people who weren't in it for the long haul, who didn't really have a side PC or a reason that they were doing it in the first place other than just the money, they decided that work that they were putting in wasn't worth the returns, so they bailed. The second category I would say that people are leaving also has to do with pricing, but maybe more so affordability. I've seen people say that they're priced out and they refuse to change their ways of collecting. They refuse to change their mindset and how they approach their collection. I've seen people go really heavy into consolidating because they want to stay in the hobby, they want to collect, they want those grail cards. But maybe they just don't want as many cards or they don't want to have as much activity going and as much participation in the hobby due to just overall costs. And this is both costs of product and then going back to previous talking point, just cost of living in general. It seems to get more expensive to live by the day. But even still, if you have a passion to collect and you love cards or toys or whatever hobby it is that you enjoy, there is always a way to keep collecting or doing whatever it is you're doing in that hobby and different ways to continue to have fun on a budget. No need to try and compare yourself with anybody else or the value or the size of your collection. Just do what you want to do, have fun, stay involved with the community. Well, I know today was a little bit of a Golden Corral type show where there's a little bit of everything for everybody, but was it good quality? I don't know. I hope you were entertained and I hope you got something out of this information that I spoke about today. And I hope you're able to take it and apply it to how you operate within the hobby. Let me know what you think. Reach out to me on social media. Again, you can find those links in the show notes. And don't forget to check out all the other links in the show notes of ways you can help show your support. Links to my YouTube channel, eBay store, Patreon, and more. Until next time, stay strong in the hobby, stay strong in life, keep collecting and having fun, we'll see ya.